You know, half of Springs Church are people from other countries that have found us. People who are escaping different regimes, different political systems. People who love what Canada stands for. Love the freedom, the justice that they find here. And it's exciting to me to meet these people. It's exciting to hear their stories. To see how proud they are of Canada and to be a part of it. It just does something to me. And uh, so I've started a series of messages. And last week I did one on socialism or Christianity. And if you haven't heard that, I encourage you to get it and recognize that although socialism is being taught in our universities, being subscribed to by much of our government, and sometimes just non-unthinking people, it breaks three of the Ten Commandments, let alone a lot of other of the principles in God's Word. And so I'd like to review it, but you go ahead and watch it. It'll be on our app or on YouTube and get a chance to hear truth. <clears throat> now, some of you have been raised to believe that we are the church. We shut up. We don't talk about stuff. We've been taught in different denominations to believe that others can talk, but not us. We are just quiet. You know, separation of church and state. And you're all mixed up. The separation of church and state was the government not messing with church, not the church not messing with government. Now, as a pastor, my role is not to tell you who to vote for. It's not to tell you who I vote for. None of those things. And so what I continuously do here, Sunday after Sunday, year after year, is to teach you God's Word so that you as a free person can go make your own choices in all of these areas. And so today I'm going to talk about politics and leadership. Uh, we have something coming up soon. We've got a lot of things are going on in our nation when it comes to uh, voting in leaders and choosing leaders of parties, etc., and so I'm going to just continue to teach you the Word. And you will have to sift through the Word for yourself. Make your decisions uh, and make wise choices. One of my questions is, where do you go for the truth? Where do you go for the truth? Do you, who do you trust to tell you the whole truth? Our, our nation is in a crisis. And it's probably the most important election in the last hundred years. Some of the decisions we're about to make in the next little while are crucial not just for you and your health and your career, but more importantly, your kids. And even more importantly, your grandkids. Each of you are making choices right now in regards to your own career, your own health. Make your choices, they're yours. You know what? But also you have a second choice. What are you going to do for your kids and the future of our country? There are two things that everyone is dealing with. So deal with it with wisdom. Deal with it with, you know, courage. So as I go into the Word today, it's very crucial that you understand. I'm not interested in telling you what to do. Not interested in, uh, you know, any of those things. I'm here to teach you from God's Word. One of the things to know about leadership is that Today, in our world, it's not really a secret that when it comes to politicians or government leaders in most 
cases, we expect them to hide the truth. We expect them to just do what's good for their party. We seem to expect to just them to do what's good for their career. Many of them have themselves convinced the most important thing is to get themselves back in so they can continue. A lot of these things are not biblical. And so we need to understand them and we need to speak up. The gospel is not just get people saved, but don't talk about anything else in life. Are you kidding me? There are issues that the Bible deals with. Now, many of you have come, I was speaking to a young man as he told me how his family religiously won't talk about anything. And he, he refuses to be like that. And they had to run from a country because of politics and government. And so he wants to speak up now. And we all need to be involved in the promise. Now, the Bible promises us things, but many Christians are naive. They have the pan theory. Everything's gonna pan out in the end. Oh, really, where's that verse? Well, I just believe that all things are gonna work together. Well, you better read the verses prior and the verses after. Tell that to Russia, China, Syria, Venezuela. So, we have things we must do. And so today, I'm going to make a few of you uncomfortable, but not most of you. God's promises are in the Word so that we know how to build. Build your family, build your mind, renew your mind, build your life, build your health, build your kids, build your grandkids, build cities, build provinces, build uh, nations. It's all in the Bible. People who say that, well, the Bible doesn't say anything are so naive. The Bible has entire books that follow the kings and the decisions that they made and God's judgment or blessing of these kings and the people's responsibility as they deal with these kings and being God's people. So God's word has promises, but it requires you to believe the word, pray the word out loud, and then faith without works is dead. So God requires whatever he's given you that you use it for him. To whom much is given, much is required. To whom a little is given, little is still required. No one opts out. And so to live in a, li to live in a, in, in a country with the kind of freedom that we have. And, you know, let's just remember that when you go down through history, that most of the nations of the world from history starting were run by tyrannical despots who decided what you would do, where you would go, who took control of wives, children, futures, land, money. They were run that way. And as, as we find the Hebrew children coming along and then we have the Old Testament training of how to raise up great countries, oh man, things changed. And then as the principles were put into place after the New Covenant and what Jesus did on the cross, we have democracy beginning to be formed. When you take a look at someone like the United States, our neighbor, uh, it doesn't matter what you do and don't like because there are no perfect countries, but never in the history of the planet has a nation ever brought so much prosperity and freedom to this world and has caused every nation of this world to have to deal with this issue that if you want a great nation, make people free. Give them freedom to earn. 
Give them freedom to govern their own bodies. Give them freedom to make decisions with their own children. Give them freedom economically. Give them freedom. And when you give people freedom, they then begin to rise up with their giftedness. And each of us have different gifts. They begin to rise up with the abilities that are placed within them. And there has never been a nation ever like America, and I'll just brag about our cousin for a minute, and our neighbor, uh, that has taken the gospel to the world, that has ignited the world. And today, many of us are here because our great-grandparents came and wanted the freedom that protected their wives, protected their children, protected their income, protected their land, protected their future. And we need to protect it. We need to recognize the church has a voice. If you think for a minute that the Bible literally says to be quiet, I'm telling you after 40 years of preaching that that is wrong. And there is no successful aftermath when the church is quiet. There is no country that succeeded because the church was quiet. There is no place that went to a whole new level of success because the church was quiet. Silence is not golden, it's yellow. I'm going to give you biblical principles. Before I got, show you some of the examples, the Bible's very clear in the book of Samuel as the prophet Samuel's dealing with a king who got out of line. And the prophet told him and told the people that where you've got rebellion against God's principles, you have the sin of witchcraft. And where stubborn people continue along a line that is not the best for the people, you have sorcery and idolatry. Well, Leon, now you're getting kind of weird and religious. Ah, uh, no, not really. If he said it, we should talk about it. There are two kingdoms on this planet. When talking about Jesus, it says the government will be on his shoulders. Why? Because spiritually, new government came to the planet. We have two kingdoms. The kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. Both are fighting over every nation and both are fighting over every leader. We are the church. The church is the salt. We are the light. We must remember that the success of every nation depends upon the church. Read your history. So as I dive into this, if I challenge some of your thoughts, the Bible says a wise man likes being rebuked. Why? Because you get a chance to weigh in and you still might not agree with me. That's fine. I love what David had to say. We love each other not because we agree. You don't even agree with everything with your wife. You don't even agree with everything with your parents. You think we're going to all agree here? Are you kidding me? So I love you because of your value. I love you because you're made in the likeness and the image of my God and your God. I love you not because you believe exactly like me and make the same decisions of me. I love you because God's put a love in my heart for you and he's put a love in your heart for me. That's the governing of love, not agreement. Now, when you study the development of nations and the development of government, you'll see that when God's people began to pray because of their freedoms having been gone or taken away, He always raised up a leader. Always. 
When they prayed in Egypt, in the, the tyranny and the slavery, and the, in the, he sent them Moses. And Moses led them away from controlling leaders. It's an incredible story of the Exodus. And has so many principles about moving from slavery to Canaan, which is not a type of heaven. It's a type of people who are born again using the principles of God to build the nation for their children and their children's children. We have Joseph. A king back then, a pharaoh, he didn't know what was going on. He's having crazy dreams. God raises up a young man who comes in and with brilliant strategies saves the then known world from starvation. There are problems ahead of us. And the church needs to wake up. And we need to recognize that we can pray. One person, I was reading a book the other day, and, and you know, people feed me good books. And of course, I don't expect every book to be fantastic and perfect, but right at the front, this author said, well, you know, the world's, I've given up hope on the world. This book is about just saving the church. And I'm going, what an asinine statement. That's not a swear word, by the way. <laughs> like, the church is here for the world. We're here to bring Jesus to this world, a way of living that works a way to protect your marriage, your kids, your home, etc. And so Joseph, he comes in and saves the then known world from starvation with brilliant strategies. Esther was raised up at a critical time and her bravery saved her nation from extinction. Gideon, he had to rise up and face his fear. He had to choose courage, and he had to get up and do something. And in doing it, a nation followed him. Do we give up? Are you kidding me? God did miracles for ten people in a city. Abraham's interceding, and he said, well, will you do it for ten? God says, yeah, I'll change everything for ten. He should have gone further because there wasn't ten in the city. <laughs> one man, one woman has changed the entire force of a nation the entire way of a nation we the church man we haven't even started yet when you look at the word of god david david was a king that got up and saved the nation from fear why because one giant got up into into the face of every soldier and screamed about what was going to happen to them and fear hit the entire Israeli army until it says their knees were shaking and nobody believed that this was changeable until a teenage shepherd boy starts talking back? Oh, we shouldn't talk back. We're the church. Let's just shut up and stay dumb till he comes. No. The gospel isn't just get saved or go to hell or heaven. There's a whole lot more to it than just that. A book ram-packed full of principles, how to build the things that we need to build. David took him on, spoke up, and changed an entire army who began to be the toughest thing that ever walked the planet in those days when they finally got a leader that stood up for truth, stood up for the future, stood up and said, you're all going to sit here shaking with your knees knocking? What about your kids? What about your grandkids? What about our future? Where is our God? Hello? The pounding of fear that comes through the news and, and leaders and governments. It, it, there's not even any wisdom to it. 
When you look at the word, this is the way Old Testament nations under God were governed. You had three offices. You had the king, who was the leader. You had the high priest, whose job it was to make sacrifices under the old covenant. And so that what happened here was he would keep the nation right with God through the sacrifices and the obedience of the people to God's word. Then there was a prophet. And a prophet, when you read the Old Testament, would speak truth to the king. Because kings need to hear truth. Leaders need to hear truth. And if the leader was censoring the people, the prophet of God would go to the people and bring forth the whole truth that was being censored from the people. So here you have the king, the high priest, and the prophet. And they would balance and they'd keep things going. Well, when Jesus died on the cross, if you're a follower of Christ, we have a new covenant. Now we don't need animal sacrifice to cover sins. We have Jesus who not only forgives us, but gives us a brand new nature and it gives us God's wisdom. And now you don't need me to make your decisions. You don't need anybody else to make your decisions because you, my friend, are a king and a priest according to the word of God. And so you have that anointing from God to lead your own life. You have that anointing from God to be a, in right standing with God because Jesus is your high priest. You don't need me to make your decisions. You don't need me to get you right with God. And prophets, you are all self-fulfilling prophets. And you can hear from God for yourself. This new covenant is so stunningly different. No wonder that democracy just a couple of thousand years later was born out of this freedom, out of this Christianity that says, we don't need someone telling us what to do. Government is not put in place to tell us what to do. It's to keep us free and to keep us protected so that all the gifts in the people can rise up and do something for God. So then you say, well, we still have to choose leaders through democracy. Yes, you do. And we can't have a Christian country. Sorry to some of my friends in other countries, they just, they're praying for a Christian country. Well, you're praying for heaven. Heaven is the place where everybody is a follower of Jesus. Until then, we just want a free country. Freedoms. Because Christianity is like a lion. You let it go, it'll prove it's a lion. Christianity will make it where there's freedom. Christianity will make it where there's not freedom. But Christianity is a an amazing, incredible relationship with God and His people through Jesus that brings generations to the thousandth generation is the promise to you and I. I stand on that promise. So how do we pick wise leaders? Well, first of all, let's just shoot a holy cow. Here it is. We're not supposed to judge. Oh, oh really? No, it's talking about the heart of another person. That's what you don't judge. The Bible teaches us that we should be judging and discerning everybody around us. 
you should be making judgments on who babysits your kids. Well, he gets drunk every night, and you know, he parties with his friends, and, and, uh, but I can't judge him. I can leave my kids with somebody, and it's not my right. Are you kidding me? Well, I'm going to go into a partnership with somebody in my company, but you know, I can't judge him. So, I mean, he sued the last five, part, but, 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 but I can't judge him. Are you kidding me? The Bible commands us to judge their track record. It says, by their fruits, you will know them. So to have this naive, well, praise God, we're going to just vote, or we're going to go into partnership, or we're going to choose. No, 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 no. Wherever we make decisions in life, there are choices and there are consequences. And God has given us all the freedom of choice in all these areas. Your body, according to the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, was given to you by God, and you look after your body. It's the temple of God. It doesn't say, hand it off to somebody else. Like, I could go through principle after principle after principle, from finance to raising your kids to marriage to you name it. The Bible is packed full of principles to help you and I live the kind of lives we're dreaming about. Live the kind of lives for the people that we love, from our wives and husbands to your, to your kids and grandkids and the friends around you and the things that you're building. The Bible's full of them. Psalms 119, verses 104, it says there that I hate lying ways. Well, Leon hates a strong word. Like dislike. Us Canadians, I'm Canadian, born in Canada. Porcupine Plains, Saskatchewan, so I'm as Canadian as anybody. But we have this kind of like, oh my, like we shouldn't get emotional. Um, God hates, I'll show you seven things he hates, the law and the message. Hatred is literally, it's an emotion that rises up. We should have a hatred for lying and for leaders who lie and the way of lying. It says here in Psalms 119, verse 106, that we have to do what we promise. To your own hurt, keep your word. Well, you know, come on, Leon. Like in politics, for example, like, <laughs> right, really? We're going to lower our standards. In Psalms 119, 113, it says, I hate disloyal, double minded people. Did you know that loyalty is what keeps a leader decisive and on course? And when a leader begins to think about himself, when the leader begins to get his eyes off of the people that he's supposed to be leading for their benefit, that's when they get double-minded. Well, it's good for the party. Well, it's good for the nation. Well, it's good. We've got to get in again. Well, I mean, people are going to say this about you. You're going to run into the conflict. Leadership is hard. Don't let anybody fool you. After 14 or 15 death threats and a few attempts and everything else going on in my life, I just have to admit it's hard. But with God, He said, my way is easy. My burden is light. I'll choose Him every day. But leaders need to be decisive. And it's much easier when everything that you do is to serve the people that you're leading. Jesus puts it this way, as blunt as a post in John 10. He said that a hireling always waffles when the wolf comes. When a situation comes that requires you to stand strong for people, the people that you lead. Now if I was to ask him, well, Leon, I'm not a leader. Mom, you're a leader. The greatest level of leadership ever on the planet will be the leading, the training, the equipping, and the protecting of your kids. Dads, you're a leader. And by the way, 
Socialism would love to take away that too. Read the Marxist Manifesto and you'll find out that the freedoms that we enjoy need to be protected. So this loyalty is what keeps leaders decisive. This loyalty to the very purpose that they're leaders. So as we look at leaders, as we vote on leaders, as we choose leaders, as you go into partnership with leaders, wherever we need leaders, and we are all leaders here, make sure that you understand the principles in God's Word. The Bible says the principal thing is wisdom. What's wisdom? Wisdom is how to use truth. How much truth do you know? And then how do you use it? See, just knowledge of the truth is very important. We want the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. But now that you've got truth, how are you going to use it? Wisdom is how to use truth. Wisdom cries aloud in the streets, the concourses of our society, Proverbs says. Wisdom cries aloud in the gates, which what that means in the Bible is in the places of authority and power. Wisdom is crying aloud. And it's saying, listen to me, because if you don't, you will come into situations where all I can do is laugh at you. Wisdom laughs, yeah. Because now you need a miracle. There's no wisdom left to solve the problem you just created with your lack of wisdom. So hold on to wisdom, Proverbs 4 says. It'll keep you safe. It'll protect you. Don't ignore it. It says here that wisdom is the most important thing. That it'll add years to your life. And your life will be multiplied. And your life will be good if you pursue wisdom. And so we need to recognize that Jesus is our wisdom that you can't even understand the Bible the way to the degree I mean you can understand you know the national principles and the biblical principles for family and the principles for when you have an argument how do you go through that with a neighbor and all of our court systems are based on Bible principles but to know Jesus changes your heart over the years in leadership I've noticed this Leaders who manipulate and leaders who influence, it's pretty much the same skill set. Leon, that sucks. It sure does. You know what the difference is? Motive. Motive. What's the motive of that leader as they influence you into what direction? What play the movie out? What's coming down the road? as you make these decisions or turn your lives over to the leadership choices that you're going to make. The Bible says that the way of a good righteous person or the way of a good righteous leader is like the light of dawn. Let me give you the picture. It says growing brighter and brighter until full daylight. If you've gotten up early and watched the sun come up, it's gorgeous. It's like it's dark and all of a sudden you see colorful rays over the trees and over the land and as that sun comes up it gets brighter and brighter and brighter that's what you and I are like when we choose the wisdom of God the character of God the principles of God that our lives and our leadership make things clearer and clearer but wherever you choose leaders who don't have God's principles, things grow darker and you get censored and you don't know what's going on as they just want you to trust them and they're going to do what they think is good for you. Welcome to hell. 
because it just goes down from there. You and I are brilliant. God made us in His likeness and in His image. And as we look to the Word of God, my challenge to you is, well, I just don't know. Stop and go get the information you need. Talk to the people you need to know about. Do the research so that you know what's going on for your kids, your future, etc. Proverbs 28, for those who are still aren't convinced that the Bible has a lot to say about leadership. Listen to this one. Like a roaring lion and a ravenous charging bear is a wicked ruler over people. Unstoppable, in other words. It's just like you put them in and things are going to change. It says, a ruler who lacks understanding is like a great oppressor. But he who hates covetousness and unjust gain, that kind of a leader will prolong his days. In other words, no leader should ever get ahead by hurting others, making decisions for themselves and not the good of the people that they lead. It says in this verse that your leadership will be prolonged if you listen to the wisdom of God. Often when you say, well, obey God, do His commands, do His precepts, everyone kind of gets a little attitude going, well, what? I just got to do everything God says? Listen, what it's showing us is the guy who created the universe, the planet, who created you and I, has principles. And wisdom is follow the principles. He knows more of the future than you and I do. He's aware of how the enemy of our souls will try to move countries and try to enslave people and hold generations. The Bible teaches us that you can lose one generation, you can lose an entire country in one generation. So your kids, your grandkids, where they go to university, you need to talk about what's going on. And by the way, uh, when I take a look at the universities and I talk with the university professors that come to this church and others, and you see the agendas that are going on, it, it's time that we speak up. We can't just be silent. We must speak up in the coffee shops. We must speak up to our families. You must chat and talk with your family. Say, well, Leon, like, it just divides us. Well, then you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. You look at someone and say, especially your own kids as they grow up, you have the right to make your own decisions. The Bible commands us kids, leave your father and mother. So you get to make your own decisions. But that doesn't stop us from talking and saying, you're an adult and you get to make your own decisions, but let's just chat some things through. I've been around for a few years. I don't have it all figured out, but I've been hurt enough times to give you a few directions and, and lovingly share and talk. And as we do this, you'll be amazed as to how people can think things through. The Bible says that if we ignore and we do nothing, that deception comes. Now, have you ever talked to a deceived person who knows they're deceived? <laughs> no, that's what the word means. Whole countries have been deceived. Whole groups of people have been deceived because someone wouldn't rise up and speak truth. And so the church of Jesus Christ is the salt. We are here for longevity. Salt not just only adds flavor to food, but it'll keep it in a healthy way to eat for a long time. Salt adds longevity. We are the light. What does that mean, the church of Jesus Christ holding the Word of God is the light? He's talking about flashlight. 
If we turn all these lights off here today and we've got the doors blank, it's going to be so dark you won't see a hand in front of your face. But a flashlight will guide us to every impediment, every ditch, every landmine, every hurting person, every person that needs help. A flashlight will guide us to that in the darkness. Well, the Bible is saying you are the salt to your neighbors, your family, to those around you, that you bring flavor. Some of you shouldn't be this arrogant, um, you know, dominate people, I'm right. We don't need that. We just need someone loving, accepting, and forgiving the people around them, but not being quiet, just saying, talk to me what you think. What do you think about this? I'd love to hear. And as they share, you get it. Oh, that's not a bad point. I've got to think that one through. It's an open exchange of ideas that Canada used to enjoy. Canada used to have TV shows with two scientists who disagreed on the same topic. And they'd sit there and shake hands and laugh and swap cell numbers and, and go for coffee after. And then when they took the topic on, they were respectful and disagreed. And you and I could listen to two scientists deal with something and go, huh, it's really good to know. But today, if you disagree with things that are going on, there's a whole bunch of words that are used for you. So everyone's afraid to speak up. I'm saying it's time to be like King David and go, I will not be quiet, but I will be like Solomon and I will use wisdom. And where, how, when, I will find out, I will learn, I will grow. Well, I promised you, and I got to close, I promised you the seven things God hates. <laughs> I can't believe God hates. Well, believe it. Verse 16 of Proverbs 6, for those who are just excited about this already, there's six things that the Lord hates. Indeed, seven are an absolute abomination to Him. Pretty strong words. Number one, it's somebody who overestimates himself as a leader and underestimates those he leads. It's called pride. Number one. Number two, a lying tongue. Doesn't speak truth. Someone who sheds innocent blood. A heart that manufactures wicked thoughts and plans. Feet that are swift in running to evil. A false witness who breathes out lies against someone else, even under oath. And he who sows discord amongst his brethren. I love the last one because for 27 years, I'm going to say this again, we have been teaching our church the culture of Jesus, which is L, we love one another, we value one another, which means we don't have to agree. A, we accept one another. It's one thing to go, Fine, I value you. Get out of my face. No, no, we accept one another the way we are. Knowing that our job is not to manipulate one another till they change and see it my way. No, that, that, that's demonic. I accept you. Made in the likeness and the image of Jesus. You get to choose the kind of life you live. If God says that, who am I to change that? God won't even force you to go to heaven. He's not even going to force you to accept Him. This God has made you so free. 
and that I'm going to now put you under condemnation? No, I'll teach you the Word. If you come here, I'll teach you God's Word. But my job, the reason I don't have a nervous break, people always ask me, how do you stay so cool and calm and so energized? Because I'm not trying to change anybody. You're not? No, my job's not to change you. I'd have a nervous breakdown tomorrow with the thousands of people that come to our church. My job is like the Apostle Paul when he said, I'm free from the blood of all men because I taught you what I know. My job's easy. And so it gives me a freedom to just find truth, speak truth, be led by the Spirit in what I'm teaching about. Make sure I never manipulate you. Make sure I never dominate you. Make sure I never make decisions for you because that's training you the wrong way. But just teach you the Word. You connect to God. And I'll just trust that you and God will work it out. And by the way, you will make mistakes. I know, because they hurt. But he'll never leave you or forsake you. He'll pick you up, dust you off, and say, Come on, son, come on, daughter, we're doing this together. Holy Spirit is your helper. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. So let's look ahead at the future with excitement, with courage. Let's look at what our forefathers have created in this beautiful country. And let's do family, let's do business, let's do education, let's do health care, let's do government. Let's do this in a way that we train and equip our children children and you know what as we look to the future it's a good wake-up call for all of us to say let's make sure that the gifts that are in the house for for politics the gifts that are in the house for health care the gifts that are in the house for education for that we continually raise people up and believe in them and nurture them so that with what they know and with their personal relationship with God we've got a better chance not a perfect chance but we got a better chance of keeping them on point on direction, knowing leadership, leadership is leading people that you love. It's laying your life down. What mom here wouldn't lay her life down for her kids? In a second. What dad here wouldn't lay his life down for, for his wife? In a second. Well, the Bible says that leadership, it is a, a tough job, but that you do it out of your love, your value for the people that you lead. You can say, well, Leon, come on, we're living in the real world here. No, come on, we serve a real God. Really, your reality is the lowest swampy levels? And if entire nations can be preserved by one woman who stands up and risks being killed to stop the annihilation of her country. If, if a country can be saved by one person that God gives incredible ability to, and everybody is saved from starvation like Joseph, then why are we allowing the data that comes at us to go, I just don't know, I just think it's too late, Leon. Uh, I think God loves to show up. And I think we got more than 10 people in the room already, let alone all the other great churches across our nation and all the other good things that are going on. Let's just get up and pray with authority. Let's speak with wisdom. Let's get up and let our voices be heard. Please vote for Pete's sake. Get up and get involved in the political party that's going to get us there. Make sure and speak to your neighbors, those around you, so that everyone doesn't just think that your silence is agreement. Because most of us, Think that silence is agreement with what's going on. So if there's something going on you don't like, speak up.
Speak up in a way that brings wisdom. The people around you look and go, wow, that's a wise person. Well, I want to hear more. Listen, that's why God gave you two ears and one mouth. You should be listening twice as much as you talk. And if we would do that to the friends and the family and the people in our world, we would see some pretty amazing things taking place. Father, I pray that some of the things that I've said today would just take root in the hearts and the lives of people listening. All over this planet as this message goes out from country to country, all across this nation, I pray that your presence would be attached to your principles in such a way that people will listen, that, Father, people will rise up, that we'll begin to declare the promises of God in our prayer time out loud, that we'll begin to use whatever is at our disposal, Father, to reach out with wisdom to bring about the changes that are needed. We'd raise our families, we'd raise our grandkids and every generation in the freedoms and the respect and the fear of the Lord. I pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus and everybody in agreement said, Amen. Amen.